With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960. Appreciate you tuning in wherever you are tuning in, whether that's the 960 AM dial. You can also find us on the ESPN 960 mobile app and online at ESPN960sports.com. As well, we're broadcasting live here at Utah Valley University, right across the way from the UVU campus store. And uh, it is game day for Utah Valley as they take on Seattle U tonight at the UCCU Center. 6 p.m. Mountain Time tip off. We'll have pregame starting here at 5.30 with myself before we throw it over to Jim McCullough, the voice of the Wolverines, to call that basketball game uh, later on tonight as well. So make sure you tune in for the pregame show mentioned uh, starting at 5:30 here on the Wolverine Sports Network. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Western Athletic Conference, the slate later on tonight and break down this game between Utah Valley and Seattle with a guy who knows a thing or two about the Western Athletic Conference. That's Kyle McDonald from Wack Hoops Nation. Kyle, always appreciate you hopping on. Right, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the time and uh yeah, it's kind of crazy that we're going to be talking about conference games in late November. I know it's uh, kind of a first here for the Western Athletic Conference with the way that they've uh, put together the schedule from what I've been able to kind of gather from some of the coaches that we've talked about is with, you know, having 20 conference games, they had enough space on the back half of the schedule to do 18. So they had to throw it in uh, somewhere between non-conference play as well to get all 20 games in for conference play. Is that kind of what you've been hearing as well? Yeah, I mean, they wanted everybody to play everybody twice. So they had to figure it out how they could make that happen. I think that it was just a matter of where were some openings that they could make that happen. And, you know, apparently it was this week, you know, this Wednesday and Saturday. And a couple of teams will play next week um, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, I, I, I like the 20 game schedule. I think that they probably could have fit it in in January, February, uh, I know some teams will have a buy at some point, so I feel like they could have fit it in then, but you know, I think this week will be a good measuring stick of where some teams are after the first month of the season, but it will be interesting considering that these games matter, like absolutely matter because only eight teams go to whack Vegas in March and it's all dependent on your conference record. So these are two pressure filled games this week. Yeah, they definitely are. 
And uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the top matchups. You got Tarleton playing at Stephen F. Austin. You've got uh, Grand Canyon taking on UTRGV, Abilene Christian at UT Arlington, of course, Seattle and Utah Valley here at the UCCU Center. And then you've got uh, Cal Baptist and Southern Utah. Which matchups are you looking forward to the most tonight? So the first one that you mentioned, that Tarleton at Stephen F. Austin, uh, Billy Gillespie won't be coaching. He's out indefinitely. I'm not sure what the medical circumstance is that he's dealing with. So Texans will be without their coach. Uh, they went 2-0 in the SoCal Challenge, you know, this past week on Feast Week and won the Sand Division there. Um, Stephen F. Austin went down to the Cayman Islands, beat LMU, whooped Drake, who was a very good mid-major, and then got blasted by Utah State in the championship game. So that game will be interesting. You know, two teams that play defense a little differently but can both score. Um, I was looking at, I think, Stephen F. Austin averages over, like, 75 points a game, and Carlton's just under 70, so that should be an entertaining basketball game. Uh, the other one, you know, like you mentioned, the Seattle U-Utah Valley game, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, so I won't break it all down what I thought about it, but when the, the conference schedule came out, that was like the one game that stuck out because people don't understand this is an underrated rivalry between these two teams. I know we'll get to it, Bryce, but like that, that, that game tonight at the UCCU Center, entertainment I think at its finest uh, with two teams that are kind of, I, I want to say at different points in a sense, because one team has a ton of veterans back that have been there for two, three, four years. And the other team has a bunch of newcomers. So uh, I'll let you guys and, and, you know, when we get to it, we'll break it down a little bit more, but yeah, those are the two games that kind of stick out tonight. Uh, that CBU Southern Utah game might be an interesting one to watch because, Southern Utah, they're a bunch of newcomers. CBU has a bunch of newcomers. Um, and neither team was really picked to do much in the WAC this year. But I think that'll be an entertaining game as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of great picks uh, to to watch and pay attention to for Western Athletic Conference play later on tonight. I was Something that I noticed while we're on the topic kind of of, of schedules as well and uh, how early these games are being played, I thought it was interesting. Utah Tech ended up playing Lindenwood on Monday, and they don't play again until they take on Utah Valley on Saturday. Uh, how do you think, you know, that will go into play with Utah Valley and, and having to travel to St. George and then catching a team who has really had this whole week off uh, besides that game on the road at, at, at Linden one as well. Well, I mean, the, the other the other caveat with that game is it'll be Utah Tech's first home game of the season. They've been on the road all of November, so they're playing their first home game against an in-state rival in Utah Valley in a conference game. Uh, that'll be... I, I wish I could say that I was going to it, but unfortunately my family, my wife's family's Christmas party is on the 2nd, so I will not be in St. George for that ballgame. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be very interesting because both teams are filled with newcomers. Like, they've lost all five starters. Both teams did. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say Utah Tech did because they got Tanner Christensen back. But uh, all their key guys are gone. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I think, you know, and we know those games are always close. Like two years ago in the COVID year, uh, Utah Tech split with Utah Valley in Orem. Uh, two years ago, 
you know, Cam Gooden had that crazy shot against Bardos Amac to send it to overtime, and then, you know, the Trailblazers won. Uh, so these games are always entertaining because they're in-state games. There's a lot of pride between the two teams. I, I don't, I don't know, Bryce. It's a toss-up because you just don't know what you're going to get with either team. You know, Utah Tech looked good at points, but then they've looked really bad. Thing with Utah Valley, I, I just don't know. And, and the thing is, in an in-state rivalry game, you, you, the unthinkable happens all the time. We're talking with Kyle McDonald of WAC Hoops Nation. Just a little bit about the Western Athletic Conference as conference play gets underway tonight with Seattle and Utah Valley uh, playing here at the UCCU Center at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Once again, we'll have pregame here on the Wolverine Sports Network at 5.30. You can tune in on 960 AM or the ESPN 960 mobile app as well. Uh, Kyle, let's jump into that matchup between Utah Valley and Seattle U. Currently, ESPN Bet has uh, Seattle as a two-and-a-half point favorite over Utah Valley. It's banner night where they are going to raise the WAC regular season championship banner and also recognize that team from a season ago that made that run deep in the NIT uh, last year. What do you what do you think about this matchup uh i know you mentioned it's very interesting one of the top matchups in the league let's break it down a little bit further here so people don't know the series is tied at 13 um the last couple of games in orem so last year riley grigby had to bank in a three-pointer to kind of steal the win for seattle u late Uh, a couple years ago was morgan means that went coast to coast with the layup, you know, as time expired to give the Red Hawks the win. Uh, in 2020-21, Trey Woodbury, you know, hit a three from the top of the key in overtime at the Red Hawks Center to give the Wolverines a win. Like, this series is so fun. It, it's so entertaining. And it's been so competitive over the last four or five years, right? Like, People don't understand this is an underrated rivalry that doesn't get enough pub because, well, we know people look at Seattle U as an outlier. Utah Valley, you know, they had a 28-win season last year, but they're a bunch of newcomers this year. So, I mean, it it is crazy, you know. And the thing is, is Seattle U has won an Orem two of the last three times they've played there. Uh, it was 87, 85, 20, 19, 20. It was um, 85, 80 last year. So it's just, you know, you got Cam Tyson on one side. You got Drake Allen who played against Seattle U last year and who didn't like playing at the Red Hawks Center. So maybe he'll like playing at home against the Red Hawks this year in Orem. I just, I mean, these, these games are so entertaining and, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, Seattle, you could win by 15 tonight. You know, if Utah Valley shoots as poor as it has in previous games this season, or Utah Valley could light it up and Seattle, you could struggle. Like there's so many different variations of this ball game because both of these teams are pretty even, you know, on the, on paper. I don't, I think maybe the experience and the, uh, what's the word I want to say? Consistency of the Red Hawks that they know their rotations, they know their roles may come into play and benefit them a little bit over Utah Valley. 
But I, I don't know. It, it, these, this is why I circle this game, because the games in Orem, or any game between Seattle U and Utah Valley, are always fun to watch because you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you mentioned how competitive that series is. <laughs> and a season ago, Seattle came into the UCCU Center, hit 12 threes, uh, and were the only team to beat Utah Valley at home. They had a 12-1 and record at home. I was talking with Dan Nielsen, the head coach of the women's basketball team. They're on the road at Seattle tonight as well. And I asked him, why is it so tough to go and beat Seattle, whether it's on the road or at home or just in general, why is it so hard? And, and he's like, you know, I can't really put my finger on it. I'm not 100% sure, but you're exactly right. They're just a tough team year in and year out. They're always good. So, Kyle, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why is it so hard to beat Seattle year in and year out, whether it's on the men's basketball side or even the women's basketball side? I think it's because they play that West Coast style of basketball. Like, it's just different. It's not. It's not the physicality you get defensively from like a Stephen F. Austin or Abilene Christian or the Texas schools. It's not a run and gun type of offense like you get maybe with the Utah Tech or Southern Utah. It's we're going to play some defense and we're going to execute at a high level. And so it makes it challenging because they also have guys in the paint and Brent Chatfield and Kobe Williamson that can, you know, do things. Um, so it's just, you just don't know what kind of style Seattle U is going to bring on the night because, like you saw, they hit over 10 three-pointers last year in Orem on the men, in the men's game, you know, and then when they played in Seattle, it wasn't that same game. Like, it's just different. You don't know what you're going to get from the Red Hawks because they'll pick and choose and game plan to figure out how they're going to win the ball game. And so you just don't know what you're going to get where everybody else you know what you're going to get night in and night out from them. You know, physical defense, you know, try to increase the pace of the game. Seattle U can slow it down or they can increase that pace in a heartbeat with Cam Tyson having a green light anytime. Uh, I, I, that's, the, that's the thing. You just don't know what style of play you're going to get from the Red Hawks on any given night. Both of these two teams have played six games overall. Uh, the season, both of them coming in at four and two on the season. Let's focus on Utah Valley here for a second. Six games through. Uh, what have you liked from them? Obviously, Tanner Toulson has stepped up. Not as consistent as you would hope that he would be uh, when it comes to scoring. It's kind of faded a little bit in some of those losses against Cornell and, and Charlotte as well. Caleb Stone Carowell stepped up. Talk a little bit about what you like from this Utah Valley team. Well, I'm that's the big thing, you know, you mentioned it, the consistency. Like, you know, one night Tanner Toulson goes for 21 uh, and then, you know, against Southern Miss, and then he doesn't go for anything against Cornell. So that's the big concern is can the Wolverines be consistent? You know, Caleb Stone, Carewell, Tanner Toulson, they can light up a game whenever they want. It's just a matter of being consistent. Uh, I think Drake Allen's probably been the most consistent. The big problem with him is we don't know if they're going to put him at the one or the two. Like, I think Todd Phillips has to figure out if he's going to be the guy on the ball or the guy off the ball. Like, he, I feel like moving him back and forth kind of uh, minimizes his role in a sense because he doesn't know if he's supposed to be a facilitator or if he's supposed to be a scorer, if that makes sense. So um, I just think the big thing is consistency. they got to find it. 
you know, because when they're on, I mean, we saw it at Sam Houston where they made that big comeback in the second half and then they rolled kind of, they scored, you know, they got up and down the floor and they scored points. Uh, I just, you know, and Charlotte, like they didn't shoot it well. So which UVU team are we going to get tonight? Is it the one that can shoot the ball like they expect them to? Or is it the team that's been inconsistent where one night they have a good night and then the next night they struggle? Um, I think that's the biggest thing, Bryce, for me with Utah Valley is they got to find that consistency. And, and, you know, especially in a big game like this against a team that is picked at the top of the act against Seattle U, you know, in Seattle U, they got to find that consistency tonight and get contributions from everybody. So um, it'll be interesting to watch and see if they get that flow going early and often against the Red Hawks tonight. Yeah, that's the type of growing pains that Utah Valley is going through at the moment with such a young team and, and a blend of, of older, experienced guys and, and younger guys as well. Let's talk a little bit about that Seattle team. You mentioned Cam Tyson as the leader. Uh, what can we expect from Seattle, their style of play, and uh, who should we watch out for tonight for the Red Hawks? Well, uh, so the, the matchup that I'm interested to see is Alex Schumacher, Seattle U point guard, and who's going to guard him from Utah Valley. We know Jaden McClanahan's been starting for Utah Valley, but he's a little bit smaller of a guard than um, most point guards in the league. And Schumacher, I believe, is like 6'3", 6'4". So that I'm interested to see who they put on Alex Schumacher tonight because Seattle U has bigger guards. Um, and so I think Alex Schumacher could be a difference maker for the Red Hawks tonight, you know, because the focus will be on stopping Cam Tyson, obviously. Um I'm also interested to see the battle in the paint between Trevin Dorius and Branton Chatfield and Kobe Williams. I think that is going to kind of define the game in a sense because, you know, Kobe Williamson, I believe, is one of the top shot blockers in the league right now. Chatfield can step out and hit a three, but he can also defend and, you know, finish at the rim. I just, I think... The person to keep an eye on is going to be Alex Schumacher. How does he play for the Red Hawks? How does he do? He's the floor general. He kind of took over for Darian Trammell last year um, and had a really good first season for the Red Hawks. This year, his role has increased, and so I'm interested to see how he plays tonight and who defends him because that's going to kind of dictate what the Red Hawks do. All right, final thing for you here, Kyle. Uh, before we let you go, Grand Canyon, I've, I've seen it uh, out there on social media, making the rounds, things like that. Grand Canyon, put together a, 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 an airplane for some students, for some fans to get out to Liberty in their uh, Conference USA WAC Challenge game. Uh, and there was some commentary on social media out there about it as well on whether or not, you know, students getting paid to go, whatever you may say. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that Grand Canyon has the opportunity, has the ability to do it. And uh, kind of talk us through what their idea is. They're trying to take over Liberty's home arena with their fans. Uh, it seems like they do this with Las Vegas every single year as well. Uh, and just talk us through how Grand Canyon is able to do this. Well, I mean, I, I won't go into in the specific details, but... You know, they're for-profit. They were a for-profit university, so they have a ton of resources, you know, that they can do this. Um, I applaud it because if you have the resources, why wouldn't you do it, right? Like, that's just common sense. Yeah. So I think it's awesome, and I think it's – Liberty is the biggest non-conference game on their schedule this year because 
They already played San Francisco and South Carolina. Those were big games. But Liberty's even bigger because Liberty is higher in Ken Palm rankings. They're going to be higher in net rankings. So getting a win on the road, it'll be a quad one win for GCU if they're able to go into Lynchburg and win with the resources you have. I applaud it. I think it's awesome. And people think that I was, like, being negative towards it. No, I love it. I I mean, it's a, it's a – I shouldn't have used the word ploy, Bryce, in my tweet about, you know, calling it a marketing ploy. Marketing plan might have been better. But, uh, you know, with the resources they have from being a for-profit university, plus all the online students they have, um, it just makes sense. They did it when they went to, I believe it was Pepperdine a couple of years ago. They did the same thing. Um, it took a bunch of students and created a home court atmosphere there. And I think I saw a Liberty fan account that said that their students won't even be on campus at that time. So, oh. I mean, it's smart what GCU is doing. And if any other school had the resources to do what they're going to do, why wouldn't you do that? So I think it's awesome. I know some people don't like it, but, hey, you know what? It's the biggest game on their non-conference schedule. Make it a home court environment. Use the resources at your disposal. And that's what they're doing. And I love it. Yeah, well, I love it because it gives it – you mentioned it's going to be a great game anyway, the best non-conference maybe in, in all of whack play. Uh, but it, it gives that an even more added interest from, you know, just uh, storylines around the game as well. So I, I would agree as well. I'm, I'm curious to see how many Grand Canyon fans are actually going to show up and, and be there in Lynchburg, Virginia, for that basketball game. Kyle, appreciate it. Thank you for your time, and uh, we always love having you on here on the program. All right. Thanks, Bryce. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, you as well. We'll probably see you later on tonight at the UCCU Center. Utah Valley taking on Seattle U tonight here on campus at Utah Valley University over in the UCCU Center. 6 p.m. tip-off, 5.30 pregame as well. All right, we are going to take a break here. We're going to come back on the other side and wrap up the show, give you all of the latest news and notes from around the world of sports, and we'll do it next right here on ESPN 960.